Hi, I'm Amanda. And I'm Katie. And we're the founders of the Best Life Moms Club and hosts of That Pregnancy Podcast. We are two moms with a bunch of kids under the age of three. Five to be exact. And we know firsthand how hard it is to be a mom. So we're talking about all the topics that no one ever talked to us about. And not only is it hard being a mom, but it can be lonely and isolating, which is another reason why we're here to help moms like you know that you're not alone. Now, it's important to know that we are not doctors or medical professionals in any way. So always talk to your doctor or healthcare provider with any questions or concerns about your health or the health of your baby. We are moms sharing our lived experience and talking about all things pregnancy and life as a mom. So let's have a chat. Hello, and welcome to this week's episode of That Pregnancy Podcast. This week is part three in our three-part series about questions to ask your OB. And this episode is all about COVID-specific questions. Just like parts one and two in the series, we have a free question guide that you can take along to your doctor's appointments. To get it, just head over to our website, bestlifemomsclub.com, And also by doing that, you will also be invited to join our exclusive mommy mentorship that is launching at the end of September. One of the very exciting parts of this program is our exclusive monthly masterclasses by our international guest experts. These masterclasses cover a wide range of topics that have to do with you as a mom, as well as baby topics, and then also mommy and baby topics. So it's a really exciting aspect to our mentorship program. Just to recap, this week's episode is the last of our series on questions to ask your OB, and it's all about COVID-specific questions. Now, Amanda, seeing as you're not pregnant right now. No, I'm not, and I will never be pregnant ever again. (laughs) (laughs) And I am. There was a, I had a lot of questions on this list. I think probably a lot of people are even wondering what to ask because this whole COVID thing is so new and it's changing every single day and it's affecting pregnancy one way, one month, and then things change the next. So what's happening? Yeah. And that's a really good point just to start off with because there are so many different studies that are happening and all the time right now around COVID-19 and how it affects different people. So the answers that you might get earlier on might actually be different later on in the pregnancy because things change on such a daily basis and so quickly. So it's really good to ask these questions and maybe even ask them a couple of times throughout your pregnancy, depending on, because things change. Like this is a very fluid situation and things change very quickly. So what was the first question that you ended up coming up with? Okay, so I actually had some pregnancy questions that had to do with COVID and labor and delivery questions that had to do with COVID. So I've actually, we've actually broken this list up into pregnancy and to labor and delivery. So the first question for like in regards to pregnancy, which would probably be asked early on in your pregnancy and maybe a couple of times through, I don't know. It's a pretty big one. Does COVID cause complications during pregnancy? Like, that is a huge question. And you're right, this one is probably one that's changing as 
they learn more about COVID because you're right, they are constantly studying and trying to figure out how it affects different people. And I know I've read a whole bunch of different pregnancy and birth related articles. And this is one that they're definitely doing research on. Yeah. And, and, you know, I, I think also with these type of questions, you have to be prepared to not, maybe not be able to get an answer. Like with this question, you might not be able to get an answer from your OB right away. So after the big heavy question of can, does COVID cause complications during pregnancy? Uh, my next question is how will my appointments work? Like, are some of them in person? Are they done via like telehealth? Um, like I've talked about when uh, in the episode with with your mom Sherry, when we were talking about COVID nineteen and like the the four struggles of being pregnant, uh, common struggles of being pregnant during COVID. One of my biggest struggles was that my appointments had changed, and so I, for me, I need to know. Like, how will this change over time? And one of them is in the third trimester when quite often your face-to-face -face appointments become more frequent. Sometimes you go down to two weeks and then every week. Um, will that be limited? You know, we know that appointments with COVID, like, they started off one way at the beginning of COVID and they're already starting to morph a little bit as things open up a little bit more. So appointments are definitely being done differently. And when you're at 20 weeks pregnant, they might be being done differently than when you're 35 weeks pregnant because things keep changing and it seems like every month things are different. You know, right now, I know you originally were getting kind of telehealth related doctor's appointments at the beginning but now you're seeing your OB in person yes right yeah that's that's very true yeah all my my first appointments were all done via telehealth and now that I'm I've met my 20-week mark I've gone to the OB that I'm now starting to see him in person what are some other pregnancy questions that you had should I do anything different to protect myself from COVID-19 while I'm pregnant that's a good one. Right. And I think that also has to do with when things, when places and like places of work are opening up more and you, if you're going back to work while you're pregnant, that, that is a question of like, do I need to do extra things or do extra precautions to protect myself while I'm at work or while I'm out kind of doing general life? Yeah. Because you being pregnant is different than an average person who isn't pregnant. You're more susceptible to things, right? When you're pregnant. I think normally we are more susceptible to the flu and everything. So I think the general thought process is that we are more susceptible, but I don't know if the studies at this point are showing that. Well, like remember when I pinched my finger and ended up getting those fused blood vessels on the end of my finger when I was just average pregnant, right? Like pregnancy just affects your body in different ways. So how do you protect yourself with COVID? Do I need to do extra things? I know for me going back to work, I, I actually asked this question last week about with schools opening up and going back to work because I'm a teacher and ROB, he said like, you need to do what they do 
in the hospital. He says, so you're wearing a mask, you're wearing a visor and potentially glasses as well. And then obviously frequent hand washing. So, and that could be someone's different, that could be different to somebody else's environment um, and what they need to do to protect themselves. But it's a really good question is, are there additional things I need to be doing? And it depends on where you're located as well, I would think, because there aren't as many cases where we are currently. There's about 40 active cases in our region, which is about 500,000 people. But like if you're in a hot spot where there's a lot of cases, then you might have to go above and beyond. You yeah. know, if just because things are open, you might have to try to stay home. Or like if you're at the office, you might need to take extra precaution. So definitely talk to your OB about that one. Yeah, that's a really good point too, depending on your location might give a different answer to that question. Yeah. So my last pregnancy question um, is like, what are the birthing and parenting classes that are available right now? Because for you and I, like we met at our prenatal birthing class in person and those I don't think are happening. Yeah, I never even thought about that. Like, Not are they online? Well, that's the thing. Like, the in-person ones, I don't think happen now. Or they might no. be doing, like, well, I don't know. But this I, is a I question I wouldn't think so. Yeah. This is a question to ask. Because even though you're in a pandemic, like, you're obviously pregnant, you still need to kind of prepare. <laughs> like, that information doesn't go away. Well, and your OB probably has some online resources that you might be able to check out. And that's, and that's one thing that has really drastically changed. I think very quickly is that so many places have had to pivot and go onto an online platform. And I think that's a really great way to make things more accessible to people. One, like one example for us would be one of our experts for the membership is a lactation consultant and she does everything online. So she can have clients all across North America, even internationally. Whereas before you were tied to just a certain clientele locally, if you, before you went onto an inter, on a internet platform. Yeah, that's interesting. I also know that like St. John's Ambulance, they have some on, I believe it's online classes or it might even be some free videos, which are beneficial because it kind of, gives you some of the first aid CPR training that you should know when you become a parent. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, they do have some of that stuff available. That's and I'm good. not sure if it's like online classes, but I know that there are also some like videos that you can access for free. Oh, good to know. Amanda tip. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's it for my questions for like pregnancy related. Obviously all of them are because they are having a baby. But more so, I had more questions that came along the line of labor and delivery, because I think that is such a big cloud of unknown of like, what will my birth experience be around the, the labor and delivery? And we should actually tell them right now that next week's episode, we are talking with a friend who gave birth during COVID. So yes. If you stay tuned to next week, maybe subscribe or just check us out again. You will be able to listen to that episode too. Yeah, we can, you can hear her experience of giving birth during the pandemic, a little like teaser piece to it. So she is a mom of two 
So this is her second baby. So she actually had her first baby pre-pandemic in what quote unquote, I'm doing uh, quotation marks with my fingers right now, normal, <laughs> normal times. And, uh, and then had her second during at the height of the pandemic in the spring. Um, so quite a very different, different experience. So very interesting conversation that we had for next week's episode. Now, pass that plug <laughs> for next week's episode. <laughs> Shameless plug. Yeah. Um, so my first question around labor and delivery is, will I need to quarantine for 14 days before my due date? Like, oh, that's a really good one. Yeah. Or does, does the self-quarantine have to happen further in advance to my due date? So like, am I looking that I need to go off work a month early so that, and then limit my outdoor interact, like activities or social interactions um, to make sure that I am essentially quarantined for quite a bit in advance before my due date, just in case the baby comes early. Well, the other thing you have to consider too is if you have other children, who is going to watch your other kids and should they be quarantining themselves for 14 days before they take care of your other child because you're going to bring a new baby home and your other child is going to have been with a different caregiver. Wow. Mind blown on that one. Didn't even cross domino, my mind. domino effect, right? Yeah, like that is that is crazy. I did not even think of that. Like, but you're absolutely correct. You have to think about if you have another kid, who is going to look after your kid while you're delivering, and what's their bubble or activity levels like? Do they need to quarantine as well? Wow, yeah. Well, yeah, because you don't want them to give something to your kid. Like you don't want them to give COVID to your kid and then you bring a new baby home. Yeah. Right? And then you all end up with COVID, like oh, not man. a good scenario. Right. So like dressing me out now, who all, who all needs to quarantine here? Obviously I'm guessing you will have to quarantine for 14 days, but I'm, and I'm assuming your parents are going to watch Finn and Freya. So do they need a quarantine for 14 days as well? Like, is that a good idea? Well, like, here's my kicker is like, when do I start my self-quarantine? Like, oh, yeah, because you always go early. Yeah. And so like, technically, if we're going on my track record, and don't get me wrong, like, I, our OB loves statistics, right? He's a stats man. So I know that my odds of going early are 50% and my odds of going full term are 50%. I'm sitting at 50-50 because this is my third. And both of my first two were preemies. Um, but so technically, if we're thinking, okay, track record, both were born at 34 weeks. 34 weeks puts me at the end of November-ish. So do I need to start self-quarantining end of November all the way through to my due date in January? Mind blown again. <laughs> <laughs> right? Or, yeah. but if my window opens, if my, or I guess my window or my cervix opens, I guess if we're talking pregnancy, but if it opens at the end of November, potentially my delivery window of 34 weeks, do I have to go quarantine at 32 weeks to make that 14 day? clearance period 
before I could potentially give birth. Wow, you could be quarantining yourself for two months. Or more, yeah. Like, do I need to do that? Do I need to do that? I don't know. I guess there's going to be a conversation when you see uh, our OB (laughs) next month. Yeah, good thing I have this freebie list that I can take these questions (laughs) to my appointment. (laughs) So what's the next labor and delivery question? Will I be given a COVID test when I go into labor and arrive at the hospital? Uh, And I would think that would probably depend on, like, it's probably different hospital to hospital. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And I imagine it's probably different. It could be different in the same hospital given like from week to week or based on the situation of how, what the numbers are looking like in the area. Yeah, that's, that's an interesting thought because like I know here the turnaround for a COVID test is a couple days. (laughs) Yeah. And I I know that because my husband and my son had to go get, well, went and got one voluntarily last week because they both got a stomach bug and had a fever and we had to make sure, rule out that it was not COVID and it was not, so. Thankfully, but yeah, yeah, not a fun test for them to have. No, and it was 48 hours later that they found out that it was negative, so. Yeah, so yeah, but but there are, I have heard of places where women are giving COVID tests when they go in like I've heard and do they get the do they get instantaneously the results I don't think so but like I imagine they get it expedited pretty quickly yeah maybe just to make sure that you don't have a I guess pass it along to the baby I get you know what I, I I imagine that this is me just kind of running with my brain a little bit you probably would take a COVID test if you're showing symptoms that would be my guess And if you're showing symptoms, then all the precautions would be there. And then the test would just either, even at a later date, would tell you yes or no, you're positive, you're negative. And then that would further how you have to handle like going home and any doctor's appointments, that type of stuff. Hmm. That's that's interesting thought. Maybe they should just do the COVID test on you when they're doing the swab, you know, the swab to make sure you don't have strep strep B. Strap B, yeah. <laughs> just, I never. They do the swab down there. They do the swab up your nose. You know, <laughs> I've uh, do it all at the same time. I've never made it to the swab. So oh yeah, that's true. Yeah, I've never had the swab. I've yeah. heard of it, but I've never had it. Um, but again, like a question of like all, our see our brains alone are running around. So like imagine like being close to your due date and then having these questions and not being able to ask, like thinking of like, I should probably ask these questions. Like your mind just kind of runs, like starts running away with itself on all these hypothetical situations, which is why it's good to actually ask the questions and get an answer from your doctor. Yeah. And you need to accept that the answer may change, right? Like we said this at the beginning, But just a reminder now that if you ask this question at 30 weeks, by 34 or 36 or 38, it might have changed. So you might need to ask it again. Yeah, you're right. Okay, so the next question that I have is, will I need to wear a mask during my entire labor and delivery? I show up there, I have to wear a mask. Do I have to wear a mask the whole time? Good question. So I know at our hospital... I know somebody who delivered and she did not have to wear a mask, but everyone else in the room had to wear a mask. 
Yeah. So I know from my, when I asked this question as of the last couple of weeks, it was you wear a mask when you get triage, like, and then once you're in your room, you can take your mask off. So does your support person have to be masked the whole time though? That I did not ask. Good question yeah. though. Maybe we should add that to the list. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so I just know that when this, when this one woman delivered, I know that she didn't have to wear a mask. Everyone else did. So interesting. But again, yeah. that's one that'll change hospital to hospital and it may change week to week too. So yeah. prepare to ask that a second time. Yeah, it, it's true. Yeah. Okay. So the next one is, uh, this is kind of like a really big one, but what are the, the hospital protocols for a general patient, not a delay, labor and delivery mother, but any patient that tests positive in the hospital for COVID? Uh, where are they located in proximity to like the maternity ward or labor and delivery? What protocols are around like their interactions, how staff deals with them, like that type of stuff. That's not a mother who, not a mother who has tested positive, but just a general patient. Yeah. You just want to know where they're taking care of the COVID patients. Like are yeah. they taking care of them right beside the maternity ward? I hope not. <laughs> In our hospital, they aren't. They have definitely quarantined everybody off. Um, and they were able to do that because of some recent renovations and some empty space. But every hospital is going to be different. So that is definitely a good one to know. And then that also then leads into the next question of what are the hospital protocols if a delivering mother to test positive for COVID? Now, I know I've heard of this happening more so in the United States um, to, in some locations, but like if a mother tests positive, is she separated from the baby until the 14 days and symptoms are gone? I don't know. I think this question is probably one of the most fear producing questions around giving birth and having a baby during a pandemic. Definitely. Yeah. You don't want to give birth and then have your baby taken away for a couple of weeks. No. Right. So, yeah. This and probably depends on hospital to hospital as well. I would think. Again, you're correct. I would think so. You're correct on this. I think this whole, we maybe have to put a disclaimer on this, but like this may be no answer will be set in stone for anybody. Like everybody will have, depending on your hospital could have different answers to this. So I actually did hear early on of some moms being separated till they didn't have symptoms from the baby, which would be terrible. But I've also heard of moms being told that they need to wear a mask. Well, and that kind of goes, I had like a little caveat question of can the mother breastfeed or pump if she wants to, if she tests positive for COVID? Yeah, is the COVID in the breast milk? I don't know. <laughs> worth asking yeah definitely that I would think they would have tested enough breast milk by now that they'd have some sort of answer you would hope yeah I don't know now you you actually brought up that like really good question about will my support person have to wear a mask during labor and delivery how about will my support person my spouse or someone else be allowed to be in the delivery room 
That's another big question. That's a good one. And how many support people are you allowed? Is it just one person? Is it actually, is it nobody? Is it just one person or can you have like one or two people with you? Yeah. Right. Cause I know you like to have two people with you. Yeah. I liked, yeah, because I just, we usually have to have one that goes with the, like Peter will go with the baby. And traditionally the last two times it's been my mom who has stayed with me. Um, yeah. And like what happens hypothetically, like what happens if we're in a situation where no one, it's just me, I'm not allowed to have a support person with me. So Peter can't be there. And what happens, like they have to take, I go early, they take the, have to take the baby away um, for care. Like then we're both alone. I have no idea what's happening. You know, every time Peter is gone, well, with Freya, when Peter was gone, he had to make decisions and sign paperwork for her care. How does that affect a mother who's still in the delivery room and the baby is in a nursery or in the NICU? Like, yeah, so how many people can be there? That's another really good question. That is actually one question that I'm genuinely concerned about. Uh, and I can understand that. Yeah, is... That and Peter and I have even talked about that in the last, like, in the last week of like, what are we gonna do if it's just the two of us? I yeah. Don't know. Ultimately, he goes with the baby. Like. Yeah, you're just left by yourself. Which is a crappy situation to begin with, but. Well, hopefully, M three stays put until like thirty seven weeks. That would be ideal. I'm thinking this baby is gonna go full term, if not overdue. I will laugh if you make it to like forty one weeks and they induce you. <laughs> I, I, I. That's. I feel like we're gonna. Third time's the charm. This one's gonna stay in. I'll, I'll have claw marks on my uterus. <laughs> Don't let me out. <laughs> oh. Okay. So what's, what's your next question? So this one is the last one that I have because you actually stole my one before of like how many support people can I have? We rolled oh. those in together. Oops. That's okay. Your brain is on fire. You are just in the zone. You are thinking like a pregnant woman concerned about labor and delivery. <laughs> okay. So my last one is, um, is my support person allowed to come and go from the room? from the ward, from the hospital? Like, are they allowed to go in and out to get, get food or coffee or, I don't know. Yeah, it's all different, right? Again, again could be different based on your, poly, your hospital and your location. Because I know like some of the hospitals are actually harder to get into. They kind of have beefed up security because they don't just want people walking into the hospital. Well, and I know at our hospital, like the COVID area it has a completely separate door and stuff but I know at another local hospital like there were like security guards at the entrances making sure that people just didn't randomly walk in randomly get so. lost like you know you're trying to find your way through all these like this labyrinth of of hallways yeah. like oh my god everybody's in isolation gowns <laughs> but like do you have to do you have to get like your temperature taken or something. I don't know how they're letting people in or determining if you can go into the hospital, but like they're just not letting random people walk in. So some people, sometimes you just have to look up from your smartphone and just look around at your surroundings and be like, I don't think I'm in the right spot. Yeah. 
but that's, that's a pretty that's a pretty good list that you have there. Why? Why? Thank you. Uh, I think that I do believe that's twelve different questions to ask. Yeah, I think some of them I've like I have already asked, and I will definitely be asking again, especially the ones around labor and delivery, because I think those policies change. Some of these questions. Ask them when you see your OB and then ask them again, like as it gets closer to labor and delivery, because your answer that you get at the beginning might be completely different by the end. So I would definitely hang on to this list. Maybe even when you print it off, print another copy and stick it in a desk drawer so you can ask it again later. I know I'll definitely be using this, this list again, for sure.